Welcome into this special edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. The reason why that we have this TWT today here on Thursday, February 25th, is because earlier this morning we found out that NWA wrestler Josephus passed away. And I want to talk about Josephus and talk about the National Wrestling Alliance just for a moment here, it's more than Joseph is passing away, which is devastating for those that knew him on the independent circuit and those that knew him in the National Wrestling Alliance. There's many wrestlers that have reached out sad to see that Joseph has passed away. But I want to talk a little bit about storytelling just for a second. So the first time that I saw Josephus was part of the reboot of the National Wrestling Alliance owned by Billy Corrigan. Billy Corrigan and Dave Lagana, who was working closely with Billy Corrigan, put together a YouTube series called The Ten Pounds of Gold. Now, to a younger wrestling fan, they may or may not know what the Ten Pounds of Gold really means. But the Ten Pounds of Gold was something that Harley Race, the late Harley Race, the longtime NWA champion, would talk about. Something that Dusty Rhodes would talk about as well. Ric Flair would talk about it. The 10 pounds of gold represented everything that wrestlers wanted. The championship. And whether it's the NFL and Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, whether it's LeBron James and the NBA, whether it's the Los Angeles Dodgers and Major League Baseball, Whatever's happening in soccer, whatever's happening in uh, the National Hockey League, whether we're talking about boxing, MMA, whatever we're talking about as far as major sports, NASCAR, moving forward. Everything is centered on who is the best and who is the champion. And the 10 pounds of gold was a great story about how everyone in the NWA, as they slowly built the company, Wanted a shot at being the NWA champion and having that 10 pounds of gold. Right now, in a pretty much defunct National Wrestling Alliance, Nick Aldis is the NWA champion. But the thing that attracted me to Josephus and the 10 pounds of gold series on YouTube, if you've never seen it, you probably should catch up on it. Go back to the beginning and watch the intricate step-by-step storytelling of the 10 pounds of gold series because ultimately no matter what sport that we're a fan of it's about who's the best it's about who is the champion of that said sport and if you are not trying to get the championship then why are you in the sport besides trying to make money 
Somewhere along the line in pro wrestling, we have lost sight of the major story for any wrestling company, and that is to be the champion. Fictitiously, we had promoters across the country in wrestling in the past that would talk about if you're the top guy, you make the most money. It's a story that could be told today, as a matter of fact, but the bottom line is, is that if you are the top guy, not just some ancillary champion, not the same champion that, you know, the same title that some fan is walking in the arena with, but no, to actually be the champion and being at the top of your sport means something. It means something to Tom Brady, it means something to LeBron James, it means something to all the best that hold the championship. And the same thing here with the NWA. I thought their explanation of why the championship is so important, the lineage of the NWA championship, going back to Luthez and Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair, Harley Race, all of those all-time greats wanted to be the NWA champion. Fast forward to 2021, everybody has a championship. But what does it really mean? The champion that means the most in wrestling today is Roman Reigns because he's in the best company. From a monetary standpoint, from a eyeballs on the product standpoint, a popularity standpoint globally, Roman Reigns is the universal champion. The universal champion used to be in Puerto Rico, run by Carlos Colon, Carlito's dad. That was the universal champion. But they made a universal champion, and that championship means the most. It's on Fox, on a network, and Roman Reigns is the champion, ultimately in the WWE. Even though The Miz is the champion, what does it really mean? Without even armchair booking, you and I both know that that doesn't look right. <laughs> but the story of Roman Reigns is the number one story as far as him being able to rule the roost as a universal champion. That's not even the company champion. But my point is, a story is told in the WWE when it comes to a championship. Roman Reigns taking his time when he speaks. He's with Paul Heyman, and he's at the head of the table. And he's ruling the roost on SmackDown. You know what that is? That is excellent storytelling. The same thing with the NWA. Now, with Josephus, the reason why that we bring him up is because he passed away. And Josephus also wanted to be a champion in the NWA. As the NWA slowly started to go from different independents and having pop-up shows, it was really smart the way the NWA went about things. They weren't looking to immediately jump on a cable channel. What they did is they got on YouTube, and they slowly but surely was able to put the championship matches with Aldis, with Tim Storm, with Josephus on certain cards across the country. In addition to the House of Hardcore with Tommy Dreamer, shows in Tennessee, shows in a lot of different places, shows in China, they would showcase the NWA Championship. A brand that was once dead was revived 
And then, of course, dead again because of COVID-19. They couldn't hold their events. And so here we are, right? The NWA Championship, that same championship, Nick Aldis took on Cody Rhodes. Great matches. But Josephus was part of this as well. He wanted to be part of the 10 Pounds of Gold. It all started, by the way, with Tim Storm. I had read some things about Tim Storm as an independent wrestler. I didn't know who Tim Storm was, who James Storm was, but I didn't really know who who Tim Storm was. Tim Storm was the NWA champion and nobody knew it. (laughs) He'd wrestle in Arkansas in certain remote places in small independents, but nobody really knew that he was the NWA champion. Let's go back in time and hear from Josephus. I loved his character. Because it was so old school, you don't see characters putting this much of an emphasis on their character, evolving their character. Wrestling once had a mystique and a mystery to it, where you say, is this person really on the up and up or not? And what's with this character? And is this person a bad person or a good person? Movies, books, storytelling is about mystery. It's not always never just straightforward. You want to try to figure out and try to peel the layers back on a character when you're watching on television. Is this person for good or for bad? Is there shades of gray with this in which you could feel one way or the other? Or is this person just pulling my strings? Josephus did that. There's a buzz going around about the NWA because William Patrick Corgan issued an open challenge for anyone to face as champion. Friday night in Clarksville, Tennessee, his champion's going to be there. I'm going to go ahead and accept that challenge. We know his champion. We know Tim Storm. We've all seen the videos. We've read his article in Rolling Stone. He's a family man. He's a grandfather. He's a school teacher. So we know who Tim Storm is now. A couple of weeks ago, nobody knew who he was. And you know what? Nobody knows who I am. The name is Josephus. Now I'm the guy looking for a little recognition, looking for a little fame, looking for a little gold. Friday night in Clarksville, Tennessee, Mr. Tim Storm. You're going to face Josephus. You don't know anything about me. You know what, though? I've been studying your matches. I've been studying your matches. Not the ones happening right now, but the ones in the past. I know how to be old school. I know where to look to find your weaknesses, Mr. Storm. Mr. Storm, the school teacher. Do you know what I am? I'm a professor. I teach at the university level. You know what that is compared to being a school teacher? It's like fine French cuisine compared to McDonald's. Mr. Storm, I have your picture right here. Mr. Timothy Storm. You know the problem with it is you kind of look like my dad. You kind of remind me of my dad. And my dad, let me tell you about him. He used to try to score six packs of beer while I was sitting in the backyard eating dirt. That's who my father was, Tim. That's who my father was, and that's who you remind me of. 
And I don't think you've ever faced a man like Josephus. And Friday night, you're going to get your chance to meet the ultraviolence that you've never been looking for, Tim. You've never been looking for a man like Josephus, but he's found you. I found you, Tim, Friday night. I'm going to knock you off that mountaintop. staring a hole into my soul oh, God, oh no 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 what is he doing i just hope they get away from us the lumbar spine crashing into the apron there storm doing his best to launch a counter-attack looks like he's had he's got himself some breathing room he's back in this matchup trying to get the crowd here getting fired up but those shots to the head of tim storm clearly have affected him in a horrible way but he's doing his best here to fight back a couple of on the right hands and the veteran tip storm perfect storm perfect storm it's over got him no that's a two count are you kidding me i thought it was over two johnny josephus just kicked out of the perfect storm the referee's making that decision that it was only a two count and i think it's only enraged tim storm tim storm thought he had it one that is shocking to me. Stomping away to the head of Josephus. Turnabout fair play here. Tim Storm. Some sort of vicious monster's been unleashed in Tim Storm. Oh, Hold man. on a second. He's got it locked in. That's the hailstorm. The hailstorm locked in. All the circulation being cut off. He's tapping. Josephus changing colors. And He's he taps. Out. It's over. It's over. So that was the matchup where Josephus takes on Tim Storm for the NWA championship. So as the story moves on, Nick Aldis becomes the NWA champion. Nick Aldis, for the time that the NWA was up and running and having shows in Atlanta, they were telling a tremendous story. Nick Aldis dressed the part. He spoke the part. He was one of the best promos in the business for a pretty long time with the NWA, as long as it was um, in service and running. But man, Nick Aldis and the NWA was going places, and they continued to grow their audience on YouTube. But Josephus was always lurking in the shadows. He would always have a stellar promo to put his program over, the NWA over, and an opportunity for him to somehow capture the championship. It is the classic heel promo to me where you're trying to figure out what's wrong with this guy, what's up with him, but you just know that his evil is trying to draw something. It could be a person's soul. It could be a championship. It could be money. But all he wanted was the 10 pounds of gold. Mr. Audis, you're on a crusade. You think your crusade is honorable, but it is not. It is manufactured. You're trying to prove something. You're trying to prove something that you're not, that you never will be. You're sacrificing so many things. You recently sacrificed your friendship with Crimson because you're selfish and you're evil. Crimson has done many a good thing. And he's a very good man. 
and you kicked him when he was down, and you sacrificed your friendship with him. And you do not bring honor to the ten pounds of gold, and you never will. So, Mr. Otis, I sit here in my own emptiness because I understand what that means. And there's two people that I need to speak with in order to proceed further upon this path, one of which is Crimson. I extended my hand to Crimson, and I still extend it today. And what I have to offer him may be shocking to some, but it is the exact path that he and I need to be on. Crimson, my hand is still extended to you. And we will walk together into the kingdom of Josephus. As was prophesied by my spiritual advisor, the kingdom of Josephus will be built upon the ten pounds of gold. Josephus, who also was the question mark on the NWA Power Show. Um, so I was reading on Twitter so many people, Adam Pierce, who you see on SmackDown and on Monday Night Raw every week. Adam Pierce says, Godspeed to Joseph Hudson. Rest well, sir. Bill Barron's longtime promoter and an agent for. Um, AJ Styles. He worked with AJ Styles for a long time as his agent. RIP Josephus, question mark, wonderful person. His question mark character was uniquely a great part of the NWA Power Show. Uh, music teacher, too, huge loss. One time, the phrase, only the good die young, definitely applies. And Matt Hardy from AEW says, was shocked to learn about the passing of Josephus this morning. Worked with him in 2016 at Impact Wrestling. He was very kind, a creative guy. My condolences go out to his family. R.I.P. Joseph Hudson. Drake Maverick uh, from the WWE, saddened by the pass of Josephus. who's was a total gentleman. Dots are with his family and friends. And there are others as well, like Aaron Stevens. Now, of course, Josephus was the question mark, which was kind of a kind of an outrageous character um, <laughs> uh, in the NWA show, almost the comic relief, the uh, question mark. And Aaron Stevens says the world is a better place because you were in it. Life is kind of like wrestling. It's the moments that count. We shared them in and out of the ring. I love you, brother Aaron Stevens, who uh, was an NWA champion. And uh, he was working with the question mark on those NWA power shows. If you never watched the National Wrestling Alliance, uh, the reboot of it, check it out now. Who knows if it returns on the other side of this pandemic. But um, yeah, Billy Corrigan brought Josephus into the fold when Billy Corrigan was running independent wrestling in Chicago, and he was based out of Tennessee, was Josephus. And uh, so he was able to find him in the NWA, put him there as Josephus, question mark. So a lot, Billy Corrigan, a lot to do with um, some of the bigger platforms that Josephus was on. Dutch Mantel. Lastly, Dutch Mantel said, sad news tonight, folks. My friend Joseph Hudson, who went by the wrestling name Josephus and portrayed a young bruiser Brody, uh, passed away 
tonight is believed as either suffered a stroke or an aneurysm. And that's from Dutch Mantel, uh, longtime wrestling icon uh, over the years. So there is a story there on Josephus. Lastly, on this special TWT, I could not wait for another week to tell you my thoughts about Paul White, the big show, is now with All Elite Wrestling. He's 49 years of age. The last time that the Big Show wrestled was an unsanctioned match against Randy Orton on July 20th in the episode of Monday Night Raw. He had just six television matches in 2020. He missed, tw- he missed two years of action because of hip surgeries and surgical infections. Um, and so now Paul White is going to be part of AEW Dark Elevation which will air Mondays at 7 o'clock Eastern on the company's YouTube channel and is billed as a complement to the AEW Dark Show that's on Tuesdays. And it's going to showcase their promotions established in Rising Stars as well as the top independent wrestlers within the industry. So obviously Tony Khan saying that uh, he is... Uh, he is one of the most experienced stars in all of wrestling, and he's eager to work with our diverse roster. He can benefit and guide our young talent with his mentorship and his expert commentary on AEW Dark Elevation. Now, my first reaction was, well, wow, I didn't know that the Big Show's contract was up. The last time we saw the Big Show, he was being humiliated by Randy Orton, and then he just kind of goes off of television. I will stand by my statement that the Big Show was misused by Vince McMahon and the WWE. You overexposed a giant. Only the WWE can let that happen. They failed the Big Show, ultimately. Uh, They turned him babyface or heel 25 or 30 times in his career, which just shows uh, the lack of writing and the lack of ingenuity when it comes to someone that's a special talent like the Big Show. And they fumbled the ball. They did on his career. Now, of course, he could always come back to the company. He is definitely a Hall of Famer of some stature, uh, whether it's in the WWE or Hall of Fame, because he's had a, a, ter- a really, really terrific career and longevity being a giant in this in this particular uh, business of pro wrestling. But the WWE, who usually are the ones to say to a talent, hey, don't go over to this company because they wouldn't know what to do with you. Well, I first saw Paul White, like many of us saw him on Money Nitro. And to see the things that he was doing even then, he was very green, but he beat Ric Flair for the uh, WCW championship. And I said, wow, this guy's going places. They really believe he could be something. And he goes from WCW to uh, the WWE and Initially, it was good for him to be there, but putting him in a diaper and making him cry and all these different things and making him seem small, even though he's a giant, uh, they made him a joke. Uh, Put him in sumo matches and let him get his face punched in by Floyd Mayweather. Just, Just a lot of things that they did wrong with the big show. The guy just kept coming to work. And was trying to do everything they asked him to do. And so sometimes a divorce is good. There are wrestlers in that company now wishing that they had the opportunity to be in AEW or New Japan or other places. But the WWE ultimately, over the last decade plus, failed the big show. And so now he has this opportunity to be a commentator. Now, here's the thing. I know that Paul White is well-spoken. I don't know what he's going to be like as a commentator. I just know that 
you know, for Tony Khan, this from what I'm reading, a long term contract with AEW. So definitely the big show can be able to teach talent, especially some of the bigger talent. You know, you know, just like a basketball team, you just can't have coaches that are just teaching the guards and coaching up the guards. You've got to be able to have someone that can help the big men, too. And definitely Paul White can do that. Of course he can. There's no doubt. So it's a great hire for AEW, but it just goes to show you that in the world of Vince McMahon, where his wrestlers are his misfit, his misfit toys, this is what happens when the big show is just able to slide out of the company. He had a big show at his own TV show, everything else, right? And you just let him slide out of the company instead of him working with the men and women of the WWE or the next generation. So good for Paul White. You know, I think it's great. I don't know if this is going to lead for him to get back in the ring at some point. I don't know if that's even his goal. But I just know that when someone has been in the McMahon system and he's seen what's good and seen what's a, a lot of bad in that company, I think that he can be able to bring some level of knowledge to the table. Now, one last thing about this. So, you notice that AEW has its dark show. AEW Dark is on Tuesdays. And they have their Dynamite show that's on Wednesdays. And they have their women's tournament that is on BR Live that's on Bleach Report, which is really smart because you want to be able to tap every Turner available uh, property that you can with AEW. I mean, it's still amazing to me that I can watch a basketball game on TNT and hear Kevin Harlan do the read for AEW. That's something that Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, the Four Horsemen, uh, the Road Warriors, Magnum TA, they never got that from TBS programming. They never got that from Braves games. They never got that from uh, TBS sports when TBS was running NBA games back in the day. They never got that. But it's so cool that AEW is getting that type of recognition on their sports properties. And I'm sure they'll get a number of it as well when the NCAA tournament is going to be on True TV or, or moving forward through the NBA playoffs. AEW will get some shine. I think that's great because the WWE gets plenty of it. From the NFL, from their standpoint, with their involvement with Fox, they get plenty of press and get plenty of promos within games. AEW's getting that too. But I, I find it interesting that for a company that's not even two years old yet, they're going to have a third television show. Three television shows. Just one quick thing. You have to make sure that if you're going to have that much TV, and again, it's just two YouTube shows and a show on TNT, make sure the stories are clear. If they're just matches to have matches because you want to showcase them, that's fine. But hopefully, moving forward on Dynamite, on Dark, and now this show that Paul Weiss can be part of as well, hopefully the stories can be told. It's a great opportunity for AEW because they're so young to go through the growing pains. I know there are some that look at AEW and say, what a mess. And for me, I'm wondering what the direction of some of the stuff that we see from Tony Khan. It just seems a little scattershot. Not everything, but some things are like, okay, where are they going with this? And where's this wrestler? And, and how come these this particular program does not connect with the following week and the next week and the next week? So it, it's 
It's interesting. It's growing pains. It's it is the dungeon of doom against Hogan in the Nitro years, uh, at times. But my point, guys, is this: is that you don't want to have so much out there of your product that you're watering it down, like the WWE. Simply put, if you love AEW Dynamite, I'm not telling you how to fan. But I'm just saying, for me, who's been watching wrestling for a long time, the hope is is that. As they, the AEW now, again, not even two years old, having three shows, hopefully everything connects and makes sense. If AEW in the, at Monday show, and again, it's on Monday before Monday Night Raw, an hour before Monday Night Raw. Don't know why you got to go to Mondays. Why can't it be on Thursdays? Why, why can't it be on Thursdays? The must-see TV of the days of the Cosby show and... NYPD Blue or whatever was on back in the day where it's like, oh, you can't put anything against those shows. If Thursday Night Football, you can put wrestling on Thursdays. This is not the 1990s or the early 2000s to be afraid to put on wrestling because it's on Thursday nights against Thursday Night Football. I don't know why it's on Mondays an hour before Monday Night Raw, but it is. So we'll see what happens. Um, But you just can't have so much talent. And gather so many wrestlers that all of a sudden, two-thirds of your roster doesn't matter. And hopefully the stories will be defined and told and clear for AEW fans to be able to reach out and say, I like that person because I love their future. I like this person because of the story that they told. I love this match because of this. Again, it's early now. But if we're talking about this in the year 2025 and say, oh my God, what is AEW doing? They got so much wrestling out there. We don't know what to watch. Well, the WWE is in this boat right now. Um, and they're doing this without fans and having a hard time drawing 2 million people on a regular basis on Monday Night Raw for a three-hour show. So all the best to AEW and all, all of wrestling, but it's a third show now. And now Paul White is going to be part of it. I look forward to his commentary. And I look forward to you downloading the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast, not just listening to it, but sharing it with people. Tell people that Jonathan Hood talks wrestling. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here. Thanks so much for listening as always.